0: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up,
1: everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's been a week. It's been a week, folks. To quote head coach, Mark Adams. It has been a week. Yes. So we promised, or when we signed off last week, we said, you know, we hope to have some, some finality to the coaching situation, whatever that may be. The next time we record, we got it. We got a, uh, a departure and a hiring between recordings. And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and call power of the 23 personal podcast. That's fine. Um,
2: In, invoke it. It will. It's, it's deserved. It's
1: earned. So obviously like the news broke Monday evening, early evening before the national title game that Texas tech and Kirby Hocutt had promoted Mark Adams to be the head coach of the men's basketball program. Um, And at the time, because there was a basketball game going on, I was like, you know what? We won't do an instant reaction. We'll just, Well, so tomorrow we'll have a little bit more stuff to talk about after the, the news conference, press conference. Um, and here we are, man. Was that a press conference or a rally? Dude, it was, uh, (laughs) whatever Austin had times 10. Have you ever seen people (laughs) tailgate for a press conference? No, but I'm not surprised that Texas tech has started that kind of tradition. Yeah. Not too
2: bad. Not too bad. The,
1: yeah, the now sort of infamous
2: video circulating around the web with uh, Chris Beard and his fiance walking in through, well, I don't know, 10, 20 cheerleaders in a smattering of applause uh, kind of pales in comparison to what Tech was able to throw together in pretty short notice for Coach Adams. I I have to admit, I kind of extracted myself from too much Chris Beard news after the Eagle landed officially on Thursday morning with the clandestine McDonald's meeting at 5 a.m. But, and shout out to Plainview, great town. As Beard said, there is more to Plainview than just the McDonald's. But anyway, I had avoided that video this whole time of he and his fiance walking through the cheerleaders. And then today I was finally able to watch it. For the first time with the sound up, and i had no idea that it's just
1: <laughs> that's it that's well you get coach. people little few little golf, golf claps. claps. yeah so um we'll talk about all that the what we what we know of uh the early days of the mark adams era at texas tech um initial fallout from that former coach leaving players gone assistant coaches that have moved on and then look at what Adams is building and who he's been able to retain thus far, um, who he's brought on on staff. We've, we've already heard of, uh, I guess his first assistant hire, associate head coach hire, um, that moved really quickly. And then, uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about some baseball. Yeah, I think they played some baseball this weekend. It, yeah, it's it was one of the, it was all, it was a weekend. The first game was really great. <laughs> yeah, I was like when 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 you 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 beat Kansas State 17-1, you're like, yeah, it's going to be a weekend of baseball. And then you, you didn't do anything else the rest of the weekend. Um so so yeah, we obviously had a lot of stuff to say in the past couple of days. Um on the Twitter, you can follow us. At 23 personnel, you can follow me Spencer at punts, Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find us on Instagram where we will be dropping video clips of the show as they come out and then all kinds of new stuff on the sponsorship and podcast host media network side armchair media is no more. Oh no, Spencer, what happened? Well, they, 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 still exist. They are doing a full rebrand. And, and when I say they, I mean, we, I mean, we're, we're still part of the network. Let's not, let's not play games here. Um, they are now, we are now part of the sports drink media network.
2: That's right. New rebrand went live on April 1st, April fool's day. Questionable. <laughs> <laughs> but, but why not? I mean, a lot happened on April 1st, uh, you know, four one. was a lot that happened that day. Like there's a lot
1: that happened on that day. The, the, the director of, of the group said, Hey, if, if you guys want to start promoting this, it's like, I've got other things in my mind right now, man. Yeah. We, we could not focus. <laughs> <We> <laughs> I'm not worried about not pushing out the armchair to sports drink, but here we are. Um, with that comes a couple of, uh, new sponsors, new opportunities. um, one of them being locker room guys. if you don't know locker room, they are the, they are a live audio only sports talk platform. The app is free to download and use. You guys can talk to us hosts here, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news. Um, So locker room is a free audio only social media platform for sports fans. You will talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. So it's not just shows like ours that are on locker room. The, a lot of other of the sports drink shows are already uh, utilized in locker room. We will be evaluating those opportunities probably in the fall. We, We, we may move our post game, instant reactions for football to locker room. We'll see. Um, yeah. Join in conversations. When that happens, we will obviously keep you guys up to date. When all of that happens, and goes live. All you need to do is when that time comes, download the locker room app for free in the iOS app store. Android should be coming soon. Create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. Um, as soon as we get our, our profiles all set up, follow us and we'll let you know when, we go live,
2: and to continue with our uh, sponsorship by Bet Online, I've got a special message on this. This is this is Michael, as you know, from the Twenty Three Personal Podcast. It's that time of year again. All eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the major league baseball season. Opening day was this weekend, too. My gosh, April first had so 1st. much stuff happening. BetOnline has all of the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, Bet online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship boxing, you bet. BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to bet for all your sports betting needs at BetOnline online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline.
1: all right michael let's let's hoop it up
0: here comes stevenson space Shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he's got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot.
3: Ready, double into three of oh, Edwards. doubles into two. Goals who puts it down. Already.
1: First off, Michael, did you watch that game Monday night? I sure did,
2: Um, and until well, let's just say I didn't pay as close attention
1: after the first ten or fifteen minutes. I was about to say, if you tuned in late, you missed basically all the excitement. Baylor, (laughs) yeah, Baylor introduced themselves to Gonzaga in a ferocious way. They opened up the game and built like a seventeen-point lead in like ten minutes. I think they were five for five from three to start. Mm -hmm. And I think Gonzaga was like one of five. Um, So yeah, Bears won the title Monday night. It's a little little disgusting to say. Um, But, you know, so I was talking to to my wife about this. As much, as many upsets as we saw this year, it would have felt wrong if... Baylor Gonzaga hadn't been the final game. Like we kind of got the best of both worlds. We got to see the, the wild upsets and the crazy stories and all that kind of stuff. And then when it came time to decide a winner, it wasn't some like way outmatched team. It wasn't like a one versus 11. Like it could have been, no, you got the it. almost two, was <laughs> almost was you got the two teams that came into the season one, two, right. These were the top two, one seeds in the bracket. Um, they came together and it was, at least as a Baylor fan, if you were a Baylor fan, or at least cheering for the, the Bears to win this game, I don't know why you would, it was entertaining and enjoyable.
2: Yes. I, was, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. It was a fun way to get to that point. And it's kind of like, um, you know, when you see the two best teams in the NBA, okay, yeah, they face, they face off in the finals and it goes to seven games or whatever, but that was, that was the exciting part about it. And Gonzaga just looked so unbeatable until they played UCLA. And then they just looked really lost against Baylor. And I knew Baylor was good. We'd seen it firsthand. We felt the wrath with an Owen two run this year. <laughs> yes. And the last one, especially really sucked. <laughs> I mean, it was just painful. Um, so yes, we've, we've seen it firsthand, but even seeing it firsthand, we thought, well, tech's not quite at the caliber of Gonzaga this season, blah, blah, blah. You talk yourself out of it. And yeah, Gonzaga just got exposed by UCLA and barely came away with a win on a miracle of a shot, just incredible shot. But, the where I was going with that is just, I thought, well, okay, well that's going to, that was their gut check. That was their, okay, yeah, sure we're undefeated, but man, just barely that was that was too close last night let's let's take it to these guys from Waco and show them how it's done, and that did not happen um at all. It was I think nine to zero <laughs> instantly, then nine to one, someone made a free throw, and it just cascaded from there, Baylor really their talent, uh, defensively and their athleticism and their shooting just skyrocketed them to where the game was over in five minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean, as unto what you said, Baylor won the game in the first few minutes, they built their lead and they just held their arm out. Like, uh, Desmond Howard in the the Heisman pose. Like you're not getting any closer. Yeah. So college basketball is done. Um, Except for coaching carousel, which we had ourselves a little ride on that ourselves. (sighs) Still kind of nauseous. Thursday morning, um, last Thursday morning, we saw the dreaded tweets coming out. Sources confirm that University of Texas has hired Chris Beer to be the head coach of the men's basketball program. We had talked about that possibility last week that he was gaining a lot of interest to join the horns down in Austin um and I think where we left it on Tuesday was it's really it's what it's gonna be up to whatever beard wants because I think what Texas Tech has to offer um I would say is still better what than what he's getting or got from from Texas um but it's ultimately like it's not like it's not like UT has all this other stuff that it's like it's just a, it's a no-brainer decision. Um, he had the the freedom, he had the reins of the program, uh, he had big money donors putting a lot of resources into it. Um, top five salary in the country. Yes. So it's not like like we we weren't paying him or we couldn't pay him. It's not like we didn't have the fan support, not like we couldn't prove that we could win things ultimately came down to just what did he want to do? And he wanted to go coach in Austin. Yeah, I, I, we did visit about
2: that a little bit last week. I think we were both hopeful he wouldn't. And no, for sure. It seemed, it seemed like it was, I I made it clear that I didn't want him to, and that we really didn't think money was going to be an option. Um, one theory I floated out was echoing Rob bro saying that, he would leave if he felt that he could win there faster or sooner, which we don't really believe that either. No, not with, I mean, not that Texas doesn't have great players and good facilities. It's, it's not that they're not, I mean, they're still Texas and they are throwing, throwing money at this program right now. But yeah, Beard's going to come, come away making about the same he made here. Mm-hmm. Um, But he's going to be doing it in Austin and, but he's able to poach these these coaches i think he's he's already got at least one head coach from UTA that's on his staff now i think he was pursuing the guy at utep so i guess he's just going to deplete all of the university of texas system of their head coaches <laughs> and they're going to be- become the, the the texas basketball avengers and and put together a team but I'd, i you know we're trying to come up with reasons why this is basically Nod at me this whole time. Aside from what he told Hoka, which Hoka didn't completely understand or buy, is that he wanted another challenge. That's definitely a challenge. I, I mean, to go to a school who thinks of basketball as like a an afterthought to to football, for sure. Um, you know that their women's team had a lot of success this year, and. The, but And the men's team did too. I mean, but it's just the fans don't come out like they've started to come out in Lubbock and that's because of Beard to an extent. I mean, no, let's not say that that's not part of the reason, but maybe he's just, maybe he missed that. Maybe he missed the pressure. He missed the, the um, you know, feeling like someone had their thumb on him to try to get him to perform. And that's where I was coming back to. Hoka mentioned basically offering... Um, a revolving lifetime contract. Personally, I don't know if that's, I don't know if beard's a guy you offer that to. I think you take the pressure off of somebody like beard. They think, Oh, okay. Well, I've now, now what do I do? What's the point now? You're talking about a guy who wanted to coach basketball so bad. He was coaching this pro team and living out of his car and doing all sorts of stuff. So I, I, th- I think you take the pressure off of him a little bit, and I think it hurt the negotiations somewhat. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Obviously, no one has told me that. Yeah, I feel like I, I mean, say that about 10 times on every podcast, but that's just my word salad of trying yeah. to formulate why he thought this was a better place for him. And I think it was it really must have just boiled down to wanting the challenge. I, I think it's crap. I, I wouldn't believe anything about him having orange blood in his veins or whatever. He got his degree in 1995, guys. You rate a riot, guys, if there's anybody that, <laughs> that cool listening to our podcast? I mean, he got his degree before y'all were born. So I'm not sure he's that invested in the University of Texas, especially after spending 15 of those 26 years yeah. in Lubbock.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I picked up on in Hokut's press conference. So he called a he called a press conference uh Thursday afternoon. And 4-1. Said, it was so much happened that day. <laughs> and and basically said, you know, hey, this is uh this is a change in direction. Um, you know, we had our our head basketball coach accept another position. Um he I mean, Hokut said he didn't understand wanting a new challenge. Um But I think, I mean, the details he shared in that press conference sounded like he knew or he should have known that this was coming. When you offer your standing head coach an extension months ago and they tell you they're not interested, you need to be firing up the, the head coach, searching radar, plugging into the search firm's. Right then and there um if you're if you're standing coach, the one that that you believe can take you uh and build you into a national prominent program says he's not interested in looking at your extension then i you can't count on him being here the day after the season ends um and we saw that because thursday morning uh. Beard met with Del Conte, the athletic director from Texas, up in Plainview at McDonald's. You know w- w- why they couldn't go to Waterburger? I mean, there's not one in Plainview. I think I, this I calls looked, into question up. of everything he's ever said. Yeah. Um, I, I my my
2: thought was if there's no Waterburger, at least go to the Dairy Queen, guys. That's <laughs> that's the that's the bare minimum you can do. Go to a small town if you're going to eat at a chain restaurant. Go to the DQ, guys. But at 5 a.m. Who knows? DQ may not be open yet. I bet there's an allsips somewhere. Damn it.
1: Go to the allsips. <laughs> there's not a place to sit <laughs> in a gas station. It's fine. Anyways. There's tailgates. Uh, and the other thing that, that Hokut said is that once Texas had made their formal offer, Chris Beard didn't share those details. Didn't give Hocutt or Texas tech the chance to counter. Um, he said, this is what I want. That's what I'm going for, um, he waited until four one to save the University of Texas an extra million dollars in his buyout. I mean, if this was something he was wanting to do, uh, you know, it's to t- cost Texas Tech another. You know,
2: basically, Texas Tech loses out on another million dollars. Yeah, because of that. But that's the the whole thing about it's questionable. The f- not questionable. Um, the motives behind it, it. I don't know if we'll ever fully understand. Why he left, but we can to. say this: that it does seem like he and Hoka were in communication for several days leading up to this. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't completely blindside Hoka with it, like you said. Tubby Smith did, right? Like you said, Hoka's spider senses, Spidey senses, should have been tingling way back when that lifetime contract was denied. So I bet it didn't shock him anyway when when Texas came calling and Beard was. Uh, Transparent with Ho Cut, and you know, up to a point, Del Conte was transparent with Ho Cut. He knew that they were talking, so all of that, you know, that was done across the board. But still, I'm I'm a week removed from it, and we have replaced him with who I wanted. So I I'm in a much clearer place to talk about <laughs> this than if we would have recorded Thursday night or something. And I'm really glad we didn't. Yeah, but it would have been a lot of. Yeah, I'm, I don't
1: uh, I don't know what to say. I don't I don't. I don't there' just been a lot of, just <laughs> just a lot of ex-
2: expletives probably, and and you know, I, I really enjoyed the hypocrisy of everybody in the town willing to give him the key to the city, and then the second he bolts, they they're just ready to hang him from the tallest tree. but I, I do think that he didn't he could handle this better. and I just I really wish he would have gone to almost anywhere else. Almost
1: anywhere else now. So a lot of other people are saying that, like reading body language, there yeah. was some <laughs> negative body language coming from Chris Beard after this. And I don't know if it was just the weight of everything going on, like having to make that kind of decision or and if it, knowing, was, or if it knowing was like, how um, he would
2: be treated by Lubbock and
1: fans and everybody. Yeah. Or if like he, he had that, like that immediate buyer's remorse, where, like you buy a new car, you're like, why did I do that? Right. you're just um, sitting, looking at it in the driveway going, was that really worth this $700 really? a month I'm going to be paying or whatever I it could is. Have, or- I could have just gotten a used one. It would have gotten me where I needed to go. The car I had before was fine. The car was a year old. No, it was whatever. Um, so you mentioned uh, that Texas Tech ends up with, with the one that you wanted. um Not that Chris Beard didn't try because it it is it. Rumors are that he basically gave his existing staff at Texas Tech. I wouldn't call an ultimating, but like, Hey, the bus is leaving an hour. We have a spot for you in Austin. If you're on the bus, let's go. I think that's more than rumor. Hoka said that in his conference. And two guys didn't get on, didn't join. One being obviously Mark Adams, one being Sean Sutton. Now, Hoka did say that Sutton was headed up to to Oklahoma to visit family. So it could have been, he was on the road. (laughs) It could have been just, just, it was like, it didn't matter. Like he was going to go see family. Um, but Adams was like, no, no. Uh, and then I, I even saw something like as part of, uh, you know, the conversation, I don't know who would have heard this or where it would have come from, but I do want to share it because it paints a little bit uglier picture of Chris Beard. In his 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 We're tactics. His tactics to get uh Mark Adams to follow him is basically telling Adams, like, dude, Tech's not gonna hire you. What are you doing staying here? So
2: Yeah. I and I choose to believe that that happened. Yeah. Because I'm going to why well. not? I didn't a week ago I didn't necessarily believe for sure that he would bolt for UT of all places. And this was, Oh man, do you remember that brief hour or so that we had also on April 1st when
1: Roy Williams of North Carolina retired? (laughs) Yeah, there was like, it was like (sighs) nine o'clock, whatever, uh, Monday morning. And it was like Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, it was the day beard left. Yeah. Yeah, It was like, hold on a second. Like, yes, Could he, could he, uh, Texas tech slash UNLV, the the horns here and ditch them within hours to go yeah, take. I, I saw that tweet and only had about 10 minutes to
2: enjoy it before the beard news came along. Oh man. Cause I was, I thought maybe if, if he was really considering UT, which none of us really knew how deep it was at that exact moment that maybe he would pull all the stops there and, try to go for UNC because that just seemed like it would make more sense and we could all understand that. Everyone in their right mind could understand that but having been here in Lubbock, having seen this program up close versus what UT has done in the same five years or so the fan support the community support donor support it's still, yeah it's still just the you know Hokut made it clear that Beard was he was very hands-on in the design of the Womble and there's a lot of features in there that aren't going to be available in a bunch of other places in the country. Two other things I wanted to mention. Um, Recruiting might, might be easier in UT. I'm not positive about that, but there's a, there's a chance that's still true. So Um, i not chance. That's probably, that's probably accurate. I'm not saying Lubbock's hard. I'm not that guy. I'm not saying because Adams does didn't say it today either. He made it very clear it's easy to recruit to Lubbock. And I'm thinking now, yeah, it is. So
1: I so sure. I was gonna I was gonna counter that and say, well, it may be easier to get the five star guys committed, but look at the top end talent he's been able to recruit here and what they've done. Namely leave Burnett <laughs> and, and Tomway this year. They they played a handful of games like I don't want to play for him. Now, I don't know if it was a personality thing of Chris Beard's inflated ego and the players inflated egos or not wanting to play for him or something else happened. When you when you build your your program identity off of blue collar hard work. That flies in the face of who Texas tells you they are. And especially when you talk about their fans, like the whole Chris beard, like we wanted Chris beard. So we went and got Chris beard. Well, the way that he's built the program is off of hard work or that's what, you know, he told everybody, are you going to get players that want to come to Texas in all of that attitude? And then also feel like, they belong and they want to they want to work hard or they just want to be entitled because they're this certain number of mcdonald's all americans and so many stars next to their name yeah that's definitely a challenge all right so definitely
2: a challenge one last thing on this yeah what do you think nike versus under armor could possibly play into this That's kind of an X factor I've seen thrown around so
1: I can understand the perception, the, the, the waning perception of Under Armour, especially with, with the youth athletes, the youths. I just don't know if like you can make a coaching decision based off of like, well, I'm currently (laughs) in an Under Armour school and they're a Nike school. I mean, maybe like if we want to talk about everything else being equal, like maybe that's enough. Be like, okay, it's his alma mater and it's Nike. (laughs) I don't know, but like.
2: Well, I feel like if you said, if you did a pros and cons list, according to what the kids like, Nike would definitely be a pro and UA would be a con.
1: Yeah, I understand that. But I also like, what do you do about that? It's it's not like Texas Tech (laughs) can just like hold on beard and then turn on to, to underarm but we're going to cancel our contract with you so we can keep one coach on sure yeah I, nothing- I
2: doubt that was ever a, yeah
1: that's a good point
2: i don't uh-huh. know i'm just i'm just throwing stuff i'm trying to understand it man trying to get my my head in there i just think he's he felt like he was almost too anointed here and just needed to start over or something. And for some
1: reason he picked the worst possible place he could have picked. Yeah. So we spent all that time talking about Chris Beard. Let's talk about Mark Adams. Yes. That's announced, a good idea. <laughs> announced that he was being promoted Monday. The fifth press conference was tonight. Other candidates that were considered. Um, and I think a lot of people got on board Darvin ham, but I think what we saw, at least what, what some of the things I've been seeing is like, Obviously, with the experience that Mark Adams has, he's had building this program, being involved in the college game. He was interview ready with a list of here's what I could do. Here's the people I would bring on. Like day one, like ready to roll with that, whereas Darvin Ham probably wasn't as like polished on that side of it. Not saying he wouldn't be a good coach. But an NBA assistant having this kind of job opportunity dropped in their lap and having a couple of days to put together what Adams has been working on his entire career, I mean, it was going to be difficult. Now, the there was that one dream scenario where you're like, well, we probably can't get Ham here unless he's the head coach. And maybe we can get Adams to stay on as an associate head coach, Give him give him a million dollars Uh, to have them stay on and, and have ham and Adams work together. And I was getting all on board in that, but I was like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you can't get both. I don't see a way that you can get both because they both interviewed for the head coaching job. Now it's like, Michael, they interview you for the CEO at your company. And they're like, actually, why don't you go be a VP of operations over there? Like, I mean, okay, like that would stink for it would stink me, for me, like that, that's still a massive step up, but that, that wouldn't be a step up for, for Adams. Like he would be in the same position with a new head coach after having applied and interviewed for the position. I mean, it's like, um, that the head coach at, at Kansas was a baby at oh, football. Yes. They did that. Like he interviewed oh, for football. the head coaching we job. We switched to
2: football. I mean, yes. Yeah. David Beatty. Yeah. And then like, he didn't last very long there. No. And the other thing on him was, I was, the more I I researched him, uh, his career post-tech, the more I kind of doubted his, not, I mean, not his ability to coach in college, but maybe just his interest for one, because he has committed his, his life since what, 98 to the NBA. Yeah. He's been, he's been involved as a player or a coach essentially that entire time in the NBA and obviously loves it and that's his wheelhouse and that is what he knows. And that's what he's really good at. And, and, um, he is good at it because his name is popping up in head coaching searches as recently as January and October. You know, I know that he was, he was sought after by the, I think he interviewed with the Clippers. I think he interviewed with the Pacers so it's, he's probably thinking it's just a matter of time before he's going to get his chance as a head coach of an NBA team. And you've got, what, 28 of those? you got 28 NBA teams floating yeah. around um, in, in an environment you're completely used to and have been familiar with for decades versus dropping into a, a, a league with 300 and something teams and just having to learn things. You know, Things are so different. Things would be so different for him. So I agree that I think he's, he is a good coach and he's probably going to get his shot as an NBA head coach. And this might've hindered that even further if he would have taken this. And it seems like that's the trajectory he's wanting and headed towards and more power to him. I really hope he gets that and gets that opportunity.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like it would have been a massive, um, Transition to go from the NBA, like you were saying, into college. If that was even something he wanted, like he may have been more just agreeable to the interview because it is his alma mater, and they were considering him or wanted to reach out for to him for this position. Maybe he was like, you know what? I'll talk to him. Yeah, I could be interested, but like right now, until Thursday, my goal was to be a head coach in the NBA. So yeah. And he's, I mean, he, he
2: comes back to tech. He's Mm -hmm. involved with tech as much as he can be. He's obviously a very busy guy during basketball season. So he's, it's, no one doubts his loyalty to tech and, you know, his, his, what he thinks of West Texas and he's got family here. I think he said his dad was from Slayton or something like that in an interview I saw not too long ago. So it's, it's one of those things where you, you know, that he probably would have been a good fit and would have made it work but he may have had to sacrifice kind of his dream a little bit to do it and that i totally get
1: yeah the other couple of guys that were mentioned as having been considered or at least interviewed uh grant mccaslin from unt and joe golding from abilene christian um i think a lot of people kind of looked at both of those guys and were like probably the Texas Tech job is better than McCasland um as as a candidate um and then it, it kind of it slowly came out uh, probably early monday afternoon that like he was no longer being considered and for golding it may have been more like the thought was to interview him or reach out to him uh i know that president Skuvenek said there were 8 or 10 Uh, candidates that had reached out and that were on their list. Um, And they had started with ham and Adams and realized, maybe we don't have to go through the whole eight or 10 names on this list. So Golding may not have even been officially or, you know, confirmed as being interviewed. Um, Now Kirby Hokut on Thursday said they were going to use a a search form. Um, But like, and, and the press conference tonight, I, I can't remember if it was Hocut or Skuvanek that said is like, you know, as part of that, having identified ham and Adams as their clear front runners, like we don't need anybody else. We also had a bunch of people reach out to us. Um, yeah. That, you know, we, we, we didn't feel like we needed the extra support and resources that the firm could have uh, provided. So they had this group of people they were going to work through uh, and then they were going to turn it over and have you know Hocutt, Skuvenek, Womble, and Bati kind of sort through that, and they settle on Mark Adams. And I think a lot of people are extremely excited, especially if you look at the attendance tonight. There were a yes. lot of people there. Yes, there were people showing up two hours before the press conference to tailgate, to drink some beer, and get, get <laughs> pregame a press conference
2: to get to get amped up to hear to hear Mark Adams speak, uh, and just to cheer him just just to be excited about him. I, I, I really, I didn't know enough about McCaslin to have much of an opinion. I feel like Golding is a great coach, um, but I think his, his ties to beard right it now would have been questionable. Like, do we want kind that? Of a Disadvantage? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do we want that? Do we want these guys? Do they even want that? You know, yeah. would beard and Golding want to go head to head twice a year guaranteed? They, they probably don't. I don't think they like playing each other now as it is. <laughs> but I think it was good for ACU and just kind of good for, well, it was good for Beard's team too. I mean, those ACU teams put (laughs) tech to the test. So anyway, I, I wasn't super excited about either of those. I have not been this excited about a coaching hire since 12, 12, 12, Kingsbury was hired. So take that (laughs) for what it's worth. Um, but I really am. I feel like Adams is the guy for the job. He's, he's really built up a heck of a resume, which I'll finally shut up and let you read that here in a second. But, but he's, um, I don't know his, his press conference went over. Well, you can tell that he's, he's a different type of public speaker than Chris Beard. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's, he's less dynamic, but it doesn't mean he's less engaging and it probably doesn't mean, um, anything when it comes to coaching basketball or, um, communicating in, in a room of 15 or 20 people like we were talking about before we started recording. Spencer mentioned that. So I was really impressed with his, his honesty, how much the moment it was really hitting him. He had his 90 year old mother there. Yeah. I just, just, I mean, his family was there. You could tell it would, the second he started talking about his family, he immediately felt more comfortable and at ease and was just flowing. So I, th- I think I just really look forward to, to what he's going to do. And, um, you know, who he's going to hire, which we have a little bit of what, of who he's going to hire, um, a little bit later.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that like, like Michael was saying is that we, we talked about, no, uh, this speaking in front of this kind of crowd is, is not Mark Adams strong suit, but I think you can, you can glean some, some, some positives out of that and be like, you know, I, I think you're going to be able to read him a lot better because I, I think one of the Biggest things that Red Raider fans have felt since Thursday is that we got played. That we we were we were sold a set of lies, and we believed it, and we believed that Chris Beard believed it. And then on Thursday, like I don't think he even believed that some of the stuff he was saying. And Kyle brought this up in 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 our Slack chat that maybe one of the things that that hurt us the most was that he sold us that Texas Tech could be a place that you could win, and ultimately Mm -hmm. his actions proved he didn't believe that.
2: Yeah. He, Um, he, he turned on his own words in, in several instances, but particularly that one hurts. But But then Adams, yeah, his, his ability to be genuine, his ability to, I mean, he, he couldn't help but thank people about every, about every third sentence. He couldn't help it. That's just seems like that's who he is. I, I was, I was struck by the honesty of it and how much he was in the moment knowing this momentous thing that he had, he had dreamed about since he was a kid bugging Gerald Myers mm-hmm. in practices and stuff that this was happening. And it was just kind of all hitting him all at that same point. So yeah, it, I was not expecting a Chris Beard soundbite, you know, spitting out 30 words per second type of press conference. And this is exactly pretty much exactly what I expected Adams to do. and it resonated with a lot of people because it was so different and it felt so honest. And I, I think once you get him talking about basketball and stuff, he's, he's going to be sitting there like you're, you're his old
1: friend from, from high school or something at Brownfield. Yeah. Well, speaking of, he spent 24 years of his career as a head coach here in Texas, 19 of those years out here in West Texas in the Panhandle uh, the past seven years as a, an assistant coach or associate head coach on this, Red Raider staff. He's appeared in three championship games as a coach, two as a head coach, one as an assistant. He won one of those games as a head coach. Um, you saw on, on, on Twitter uh, over the weekend and, and and coach Adams even um, referenced it like the outpouring of support from his former players was impressive. They didn't have to say anything, but they did. Um, and you, you even got guys like, uh, Trey and Rayford Young kind of throwing their their yeah. support and endorsement behind Mark Adams. Um, and obviously, uh, he's he's the one credited with with the defensive toughness and identity that you've seen at Texas Tech the past few years. So you assume that that, that same kind of toughness will be present um, on, on, on his teams as a head coach. He did go out and hire today the Portland state head coach, Barrett Peary as his associate head coach. So he's basically hired him to be Mark Adams on Mark Adams <laughs> staff. Um, and the thing that you like when you start looking at, at, at Peary's style of play and, and, and what he's done, you can kind of start putting all the pieces together. Like if they can figure out how to do all of this together, which it would be a, would be difficult to blend these two things together. It's going to be a daunting task to face the Red Raiders every night. Peary is known for it. Like he's got it. He's got a hashtag after him. Hashtag Peary pressure. He has, he, he's been known for this smothering full court press style of defense that he employs. Um, and then he ties it with just an ungodly amount of shots from an up-tempo offense. Super Um, up-tempo. So Ryan Mainville uh, over here, if you look at their, um, if you look at Texas Tech's shots per game or field goal attempts per game, at least if you look at their rankings, um, going back to 2016, 2017, 274th, 250th, 280th, 274th, and then this year was their best at 188th. But then, if you compare that to what Peary has done, um, gosh, I just had it pulled up, it's like the the complete opposite. Um, I've got it if you need it, yeah. I, I, I jumped into Mainville's like. Twitter feed. And it's a lot lot of stuff from the.
2: Yeah. So from the 17, 18 season, Portland state was second in the nation next season, 22nd in the nation following season fifth. And then this season sixty sixth. So every season, you know, more than 200 spots faster than tech, Uh, you know, tech's tech's best season. They got off this, this year, 57.7 57.7 field goal attempts per game. Whereas Peary's best season ended with 68.6 attempts per game. So a faster paced offense, which I would be open to. I, mm-hmm. I hope tech has the players to do that while also maintaining a full court press. I mean, tech did lose coach Riley who went to Austin. Um, we love coach Riley. We wish him the best. He's a great coach. Going to miss him a lot. Um, but you know, the conditioning and the strength aspect is is going to really be tested if this is the type of offense and, and defense that they're going to
1: run. Yeah, so looking at um Peary's first year at Portland State, they averaged over 30 field goals made per game, which was good for fourth in all of Division one on 68. 68- Point six field goals attempted, which is good for a team that shot for the season and his first season as a head coach, 44% from the field. Holy cow. Taking, you know, the second most shots in the country.
2: Well, and our main man, Mainville here, which if you guys don't follow him, please do our Mainville LBK M A I N V I L L E follow Ryan on Twitter. Uh, he put all this stuff together. He also mentioned in a separate tweet that Peary, as a head coach, is two seventeen and fifty nine. That's a pretty good. He's, ratio. he's a winner. He's a winning guy. Mm-hmm. He's not. I mean, this is obviously a guy I really didn't know much about till today. But I'm excited that he's part of part of this staff, and it gives me a lot of hope to see that this is one of, if not the first guy that that Coach Adams has hired and brought on and we should also mention Mm -hmm. we, I don't think we mentioned this earlier. Oh, we're not down to it yet. (laughs) We got to get, hang on. I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead.
1: All right. Just a couple more things from Peary's and his performance. Um, His teams, at least in the the first year, 14 and a half offensive rebounds per game. Good for second in the country, 9.8 steals per game. Second, in the country, 85 points per game. Third in the country, 18.1 18.1 opponent turnovers forced per game. You pair disruptive. those two, <laughs> disruptive and turning those extra possessions into points. Um, cause I know like you look at Texas tech and the, the way that they, the way they've played defense is they've limited shots by, by making you find the best available shot, which takes a lot of time off the clock and forcing you to, to hit that shot. Um, um, that can keep you in a game, but the way that Peary plays defense, I would say even then contributes back to the offense. It's not just keeping you in the game. It's helping propel your offense as well. Um, So he, he is a confirmed higher so far. There would be probably uh, another head, sorry, another assistant coach or two spots available. One of the other names that we've heard uh, is Steve Green, who is a South Plains head coach. Um, although I don't think he'd be coming on as, as an assistant coach, more of a, an analyst or a consultant. And you're like, well, wh- why would he come to like go from a head coach at a junior college to that? It was like, well, he can make a lot more money. <laughs> I, I, I heard that like he would, uh, I mean, even as much as I, I saw his his uh, salary, rumored to be close to $100,000 right now at South Plains as their head coach. He could get a pretty healthy um, bump up in that salary just to come be an analyst or consultant, kind of like Sean Sutton was on on beard Staff. Wouldn't even technically have to move. No, he could he could just commute from Leveland. Um, so you've got that. We're always going to keep our eyes out for other names that are, are coming.
2: Do you uh, want to let me let me share some stats with you that Kyle is posting in the Slack chat as we speak? Yes, Kyle has combined. Peary and Adams's head coaching record—it's seventy-seven eighty-eight to and three thirty, which is a percentage of seven oh five. If you add Green into that, it's thirteen seventeen to four sixty-eight, which is a winning percentage of 0.738. So imagine having those three guys on your staff who have won a combined thirteen hundred basketball games as head coaches. That's looking pretty good. It's
1: ridiculous. Um, Kyle, nice was, job, Kyle. <laughs> he, well, he was there. He was at the at the the event today, and a little scoop here. He said that he actually saw Sean Sutton there, uh, not on the floor or you know in the stands, or whatever, but in the in the tunnel, and he embraced Coach Adams afterwards. Um, not really saying one way or the other whether you know Sutton's going to be on the staff or not, but. Yeah. Well, and, and
2: to, to kind of back that up a little bit, Sutton's still on the website as of this recording Tuesday night. So that could mean something. It could mean nothing.
1: Yeah. So roster updates, player updates really quickly. we had heard that Marco Santos Silva would be out. uh, And I don't know if you want to read into it, but he was, he was in attendance tonight. He was there on the floor. Uh, one of a small number of players that were mentioned uh, and pointed out. He could definitely still come back. um, Obviously, we saw him there tonight. Uh, Kyler Edwards announced he was entering the transfer portal. Um, But then one of the very first, I guess, wins of the Mark Adams era was getting Kyler Edwards to say, no, I'm coming back. I'm going to play at Texas tech and same thing with Kevin McCuller. Um, we saw that too. He, he tweeted out a graphic that said, I'm not going anywhere. Um, yeah. And, and McCuller, he was just kind of,
2: he never said he was, he he was more silent. Yes. Well, he, he said he had kind of an ambiguous tweet after beard left, but Edwards did flat out declare he was going to go into the transfer portal and said his goodbyes and was, you know, after a coaching change, you expect that. And that's another reason to kind of get upset about the whole thing, about how it happened. Not at the players, because players need to do what's best for them. And that may not be sticking around um, if they feel like they could do better elsewhere or if if just, yeah, I don't know, for, for a variety of reasons. But anyway, yeah, there's, there's speculation Santos Silva could. Come back? Not, not sure. Uh, seems like PV is still pretty much gone. I think he's kind of committed to the Michigan route. If that would work out for him, yeah. Um, and then the, uh, nothing about McClung or Shannon yet. Nothing official. Shannon's been really tweeting some vague stuff that you could really look into one way or the other. But uh, the assumption is that they may both declare for the
1: draft. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, haven't heard from Jamaris Burton, Tyreek Smith, or others. Some of the others, though, uh, Chibuzo Agbo was in attendance tonight, as was Clarence Ndolmi and Avery Benson. Avery Benson wearing the the Canadian, Canadian tuxedo,
2: tuxedo. Pretty sure. Yeah, um, if it wasn't
1: all denim. It sure was all blue. But the other things that that I want to just point your attention to really quickly, uh, you got to see some 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 great support from former players and Norrence Odiasse and Justin Gray. Uh, on the transition after Tobby Smith left um, and just adding to the, just the number of of former players that have endorsed and said nothing but good things about coach Adams uh, and their excitement for the program and and the direction it's, it's headed. Yep. So um, we don't have all of the basketball news yet. Um, Adams did, did say, you know, what, (laughs) excuse me, what's next. Uh, and he, he kind of joked, he held up his cell phone and say, if my phone rings, I'm gonna have to step out, <laughs> <I've> got some, <laughs> some recruits to, to check in on. Um, I'm not even sure if that was a joke or not. <laughs> I don't think it was. Um, and then, he, you know, it's obviously got some, some other position coaches to fill out, some staff members to, to bring on board to see, uh, just where, uh, this program's going. Um. But yeah, so with that, we're going to we're going to head over and talk a little bit of baseball. Um but guys, it's that time of year again and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Betonline.ag has all the betting action in the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball's your first love, betonline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship boxing, BetOnline has it all, every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. Guys, gals, your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better.
2: Kanan's sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Kanan's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch, which would be very handy for me. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Kanan sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at CANON.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's CANONCAST15, K A E N O N C A S T 1 5, CANON. Clearly better.
3: Plus, get free shipping on all orders over seventy-five dollars. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
1: All right, let's uh, let's talk a little baseball. What do you say, Michael? Roll it.
0: Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young yeah, lifts it to right field, looking for a second home run, and he's got it. Into his own bullpen.
1: Perhaps he some time because all the teams- So Texas Tech hit the road this weekend. Easter weekend to take on Kansas State in Manhattan. Um we mentioned the first game Thursday night. Texas Tech won 17 to 1. And then, you know, I don't I don't know what else to say besides that old uh run Washington, that's the way baseball go. <laughs> except it happened twice Saturday. That's so uh, his quote is so applicable to many things. Uh, I, it was Friday and Saturday, the games on Friday and Saturday. Um, Kansas state, like at least on Friday, uh, they got to, to Monteverde and it, he, he looked human. <laughs> he gave up three, uh, three runs in the first inning, two of which were off of home runs. um, Kansas ends up winning Saturday. They end up winning Friday, excuse me, uh, seven to two and then wrap up the series victory on Saturday, 10 to four. Um, yeah. And, and heading into the weekend, like, uh, on, on our, our statistical comparison, like Texas tech held the statistical advantages and like all, but two of the offensive coordinator or offensive categories and all, but two of the defensive categories, um, but that's not what played out on the field. So you can't just look at the, the numbers and say, this is how it's going to work out. Um, Cause Kansas state was ready for you. And I don't know, again, I don't know what led to that. Uh, I don't have the insight or the access to the program that w- would say. Um, otherwise I knew, I do know that drew Baker is uh, limited uh, in, in his performance with a, a hamstring injury but he wouldn't be the one that you know has you playing 17 to 1 on Thursday and then losing 7 to 2 on Friday or 10 to 4 on Saturday. Um so you you, you lose this this great opportunity um you know going into it we all were kind of saying TechSec Tech should win the series. Um probably should sweep and then you end up losing the series 2 2 games to 1. Um, And then you fall to five hundred in conference play, three and three. um, To look up and see TCU coming into town this weekend. Um, TCU is TCU's on a bit of a roll too. They are twenty and seven on the year, six and zero in conference play. They jumped up into the top ten rankings. Um, Texas Tech after this past weekend, D one baseball has you at eight. Baseball America at eleven. National College Baseball Writers Association at ten. Collegiate Baseball ten. The AP baseball coaches poll at eight, and your RPI drops one spot from 20 to 21. Um, now as much as I just said, all those statistical comparisons between Texas Tech and Kansas State uh didn't end up meaning much. Looking at this upcoming series, um it's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh Texas Tech holds some offensive uh or holds the advantage in, in, in some offensive categories or ties with them. Uh Texas Tech and TCU are tied for team batting average at 294. Um tech's on base percentage is four thousandths of a point better than TCU. So Texas is one, TCU's is second. Uh slugging percentage again, tech is first at 514, TCU is at second. Um, you've hit three more doubles than TCU. They've hit six more triples than you have. You've hit 10 more home runs. That's probably the biggest gap you'll see anywhere, um, is the triples and home runs. And and that would immediately jump off the page and say like TCU's ballpark is bigger. And you look at the stats or the dimensions, it's the same size. It just may play bigger that they hit that many more um, triples than you do versus how many home runs you hit. Um, TCU scores the most runs. They, they're, uh, well, Texas tech and TCU average the same 8.3 runs per game. TCU's played one more game than you have. So they've scored eight more runs on the season total runs. Um, they are first in walks where you are second uh, they are fifth in strikeouts to your seventh in terms of your offense striking out. Um, and they are first in stolen bases to your fifth. Now the pitching and defense side is where it's a lot more in TCU's favor. Their team ERA is second at three thirty eight. opponents batting average. Um, barely above 200. They're good for first in the conference here at third. Um, you're first and second in terms of teams giving up uh, hits. TCU's first at 187 to Texas Tech's 191. Um, they have given up 107 runs on the year to your 116. Uh, they walk oh 0. 0.7 batters, fewer fewer batters per nine innings than you do. They strike out a little more than one more batter per nine innings than you do. You guys are tied. Texas Tech and TCU are tied in number of home runs given up, and their fielding percentage is just three thousandths of a point better. Um, nine seventy five for TCU, nine seventy two for Texas Tech. So again, yeah, all I mean, these are really close, but also yes, um, having the home field advantage may come in to really uh, affect this series. Or you you could look at this and be like, you know, Oklahoma State may not be as good of a team as we thought they were. Uh, then you went on the road and struggled against Kansas state. Maybe Texas tech is not as good of a team as you thought they were. And TCU is kind of turning the opposite direction. So this, this series, this, this opportunity this weekend, um, great to kind of rebalance, redirect your, your momentum um, with TCU, who like Michael said is, is on a, on a little streak here. Like, like uh, they've won six conference games to your three.
2: Yeah, and to mention Tech's home field advantage, TCU's eight and two on true away games for the year. They travel. Tech does has not really traveled well this year. Uh, both of these teams are three and three on neutral games. Tech is one and two on away games. Obviously, those two in Manhattan. That was the first time they'd had a true away game all year. Um, so it's it's i'm not going to say concerning but TCU is this is going to be a tough series mm-hmm. this is yeah, going to be a really sure. tough series even though it's at home they're going to be able to to win games they who did they sweep they swept uh they swept Oklahoma and Norman you yeah. know just just last week so that's that's not anything to you know completely sneeze at either including a 17 to 6 score on mm-hmm. Saturday so it's it's been a really solid team and not to min, not to forget too at the opening series that started the whole season with the college baseball showdown TCU was the only Big 12 team to come out with a win they beat mississippi state 3 to 2 mm-hmm. and you know tech went 0 and 3 texas went 0 and 3 they're a salty team
1: yeah. And then like, as good as they are, you look at their schedule and you see a lot of similarities between what you've done and what they've done. Um, like when they played in the Shriners hospitals uh, for children, college classic, they defeated Texas A&M Corpus Christi, 15 to five, Texas state 10, five. They ended up losing to Sam Houston state though, five to six in extras. And they followed that up a couple days ago and lost by 10 runs to Texas state and San Marcos. You're like, what happened there? They lost a game to a rough stretch. (laughs) They they actually lost two games to Gonzaga, eight, 13, uh, seven, 10. Um, they lost a game to Louisiana on the road. Uh, but since then though, they rattled off 10 straight two versus Louisiana, three versus Baylor, one versus UT Arlington, three versus Oklahoma, and then one at Tarleton state. So they're riding a little bit of a hot streak here. Um, so as I mentioned in the, the Friday game versus Kansas State, Monteverdi came down to earth a little bit. He was throwing his ERA heading into the weekend was 0.75, leaving Manhattan's now just over 2, 2.03. Um, that's good for sixth in the Big 12 at for all pitchers, not just starting pitchers. His whip barely ticked up to 0.8 and his opponent batting average is still a 206 uh, through 40 innings pitch giving up um, less than 0.7 walks per nine innings pitch that went down his strikeouts per nine innings went up to over 10 strikeouts per nine um, and he went to five and one in the season after taking that first loss um In terms of the team stats, Texas Tech is seventh in the country in runs. I'm I'm gonna drop a couple comparisons in for TCU just for preview sake, TCU is third. Um, Texas Tech is fourth in the country in walks earned. Like we we talked about that for several weeks now. TCU is third. Uh, Tech is sixth in on-base percentage. TCU is 10th. Texas Tech is fourth in double plays turned. Uh, TCU is tied for 39th. The thing here though, is it's, it's within just a small handful of double plays turned. Um, cause there are a lot of teams that are kind of stacked up and tied. Um, and same thing with, with home runs here while Texas tech is sixth in the country, TCU is tied for 24th. Uh, it's because there were a lot of teams that have the same number of home runs, um, that TCU does at 32. So not as big of a gap as it seems. Yeah. So like that that tied for 39th in, in double plays turned. I mean, one, that's gonna do with like maybe TC just doesn't let as many runners on base. Um, it, it doesn't really say um that they're not good at at, at erasing runners off the base paths uh and, and turning double plays. It just means um that gap is just smaller, smaller than it would appear if you're just looking at, well, we're fourth and they're 39th and we're sixth in home runs and they're 24th. Maybe you could look at that at the end of the season and be like, there's a bigger gap there, but especially early on, we're talking about 26 and 27 games. The difference here is fairly small. So these two teams will be uh, at least statistically very evenly matched. I'm looking forward to seeing a real um, threat through a real, I don't want to say opponent, but like, um, a big time matchup coming into town this weekend for the, for the, the series. Yeah,
2: definitely. And they are going to be tough. I, I really hope tech comes out with, I mean, obviously you want a series win, but at least squeak, squeak a win period. Um, you know, that I, I I'm hoping they're taking that Kansas state series personally. That was a pretty bad outing on, uh, the offensive side for sure. Well, and, you know, pitching and defense too, just not not the best series. But so, you know, as we've said before, all these games that we've just, we've talked about, all the TCU games are on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, then, excitingly, there's a midweek series versus Stephen F. Austin, Tuesday and Wednesday, also on ESPN+. Plus. I really like midweek series, especially that Wednesday one at 1 p.m. because I truly enjoy listening to baseball at work. There's just something about having a baseball game on at work that makes you feel like you're not completely at work. So that's, that's, that's kind of a fun thing. So yeah, TCU Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then Stephen F. Austin Tuesday and Wednesday.
1: I think our office is trying to go to one of those games next week.
2: Oh, well there you go. See that now that's a good bonding experience. That's what you need. Some more tech athletics outings for the office.
1: Yeah. During the week. I mean, it's just, yeah. Midweek baseball is just great. Yeah. We're going next Wednesday. There you go. 1 PM. All right. So, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap up with what we learned, Michael. Okay. What did we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I I don't know either. Right. So going yard update. Let me tell you, I've made progress on our garden. Oh, cool. I've I've planted all those seeds um, in the little seed planting tray. I've even got it on one of those uh, heated mats and then have the tray covered with a non-vented piece of plastic. So it keeps the water in. So it raises the temperature of the soil to help get it to germinate a little bit quicker. Uh, We're on day two. So... Maybe next time we record, we'll see a little green popping up. Um, I planted tomatillos, tomatoes, jalapenos, Hungarian wax peppers, cayenne, habaneros, sunflowers, uh, cucumbers, squash, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries. I think that's it. That's a, that's a really good,
2: really good mixture you got there. And because be prepared, of, those sunflowers are going to get huge. We did sunflowers once at our old house and they were peeking way over our fence.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they were like seven foot tall. I'm okay with that. Um, and the other ones, like they're going to be good to pick off. Like, I mean the, the squash and cucumbers, like we're, I, I think we're going to try to make some, some pickles. Um, not sure why we did squash besides it kind of feels like what everybody does. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to the little garden. I'm going to make some cool. Well, I'll tell you what, squash. if you're ever looking for somebody to get rid of that squash, then oh, for sure. come right over here, man, or I'll, uh, I will come pick it up. But some of the other ones are more just like for fun. Like if we can get those berries and keep the birds out of them, like that, those are more like treats. Like, Hey, I'm working in the garden. I'm going to go ha- grab a handful of, 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 uh, <laughs> raspberries while I do this or strawberries. Even though I heard strawberries could take a l- quite a bit longer to, to mature to where they're producing edible fruit. Well, you should be in good shape.
2: You know, Texas is weird, but there shouldn't be another freeze.
1: Right. we have seen late
2: April freezes. You never know, but (laughs) I'm thinking you're going to be okay. We'll just have to see, but I'm excited, man. That's a, that's a good crop of stuff you've got
1: going there. The the good thing about that though, it's going to be a while before they're ready to go from what they're in now. Then they're going to go into individual little pots. And then from there, they're going to go into the ground. So like, there's still going to be some time between now and then when I'm going to have to have the actual garden area ready. I haven't quite, haven't quite killed that grass yet. It's going to, it's going to hurt me to do it. I oh, know, man. Are you going to get a, are you doing the whole thing,
2: getting the rototiller? I'm going to have to, yeah. yeah. You going to rent one or do you know somebody that has one? I'm
1: going to have to go rent
2: one. Yeah. Well, you know, it's part of it.
1: Yeah. And then I'm going to get you. Don't tear up your sprinkler. <laughs> Well, no. So the, there, there are two sprinkler heads in that, and that, in that area, but they're in the corners of where, uh, like, in opposite corners of the little square rectangle space that we're going to have. So,
2: right. But where does the tape run? Does the tape run on the outside?
1: Well, I, I don't. How I don't, are they fed I, by water? They're, they're. What do you mean? Well, how does the water get to those sprinkler heads? Well, so the, the, the pipes are are fairly deeply buried. So I shouldn't, okay. I shouldn't be like, as long as I'm staying away from the sprinkler heads, I shouldn't be hitting the pipes that feed the heads. Okay. Now that I said that though, I'm probably going to tear everything up. Um, but I want to give a quick little league update. We won our first two oh, yes. games of the season since we last recorded Thursday of all things happening on four um, one. We had a game Thursday night. We won that one, walked it off. Um, now Beautiful. granted, we were playing a team that we were told was one of the weaker teams in the conference or the... In our division, and I was frustrated that we were struggling with them.
2: But, like, so wait, 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 you want it on offense, not on some incredible relay from deep center field? That's exactly right. Oh, okay. Well, you know, um,
1: about another thing or two. So, in this division, you only play six innings, like you play up to six innings, uh, and then it's also capped by time whether you hit the time limit first or the, the innings first. Um, but yeah so we we have it tied in the bottom of the sixth we get a guy like our first two batters one gets on um on first and then our big bat our, our our number three batter comes up i was like i feel good about this one and he crushes one and i'm like i'm like waving the guy around like all the way from first i'm like you're gonna score from first and he did and we walked it off Oh, that's beautiful. And like, it's one of those things where like, we shouldn't be this competitive and vocal about it. But like, I kind of felt about afterwards because like we were, we were going hard. Like we were screaming, like we were were celebrating, we were enjoying it. Um, and we played again on Saturday. Um, the team was, was quite a bit better on Saturday. Um, your opponent or your team? Well, both, both. The, the, the opponent was better for sure. Um, we we traded a bunch of runs early on. Like we we won the game eight to ten. 10 8 So we played the the Yankees. We only played five innings because of, we ran out of time. Uh we gave up one run in the first, then we took the lead in the bottom of the first two to one, and we gave up four runs in the second. So we were down five, two after two. I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> bottom of the third, we scored two to pull it within. 5-4. We tie it in the 4th, 5-5. Five, five. And then the Yankees get up to bat at the the so they're 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 visiting team, so they're batting first in the inning and time expires. I was like, "Okay, we just got to get out of this inning and then we, we we have to score a run." But in the top of the 5th, we gave up 3 runs. I was like, "Are you <sighs> kidding me?" So it was it 8-5 now? It was 8- Eight, six. Eight, six. No, 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 okay. no. no. Okay. It was, it was eight, five. Eight, five, And It was our turn to bat. And as the guys were coming in, as the players were coming in to, to get ready to bat, I was like, all right, look at me. We need four runs. I need everybody hitting. Let's go. <laughs> it was my, <laughs> my, my, motivational speech. Um, and then what do we do? We score five runs to win the game. That's just um, a thing of beauty. So what, what happens is our pitcher, our second or third best player comes up to bat. He's a first batter, uh, in the bottom of the fifth hits a home run. I was like, all right, so we got one run back. Here we go. Um, but then I'm like, I'm looking at our lineup and we're like, he was our last good batter before we like, we're just like, we just have to get through this part of the order and then like turn it back over and get to the, our leadoff batter. Um, we have a kid come up who was like three or four on the day, and it was probably his three first hits of the season. So like, I, I felt pretty good about him. Uh, he comes up, he singles. Then Grayson comes up, and until today, had not hit a ball. Um, and he hits a double. Um, my chest. <laughs> So the, the guy in front of Grayson ends up scoring. So Grayson has, he, he goes two for three on the day with two RBI. I was like, <laughs> my dude, of all the days you decide to start hitting the ball, you go two for three and knock in two runs. Um, but okay. So the crazy thing is, so he hits the ball down the third baseline, the third baseman, like she was a wall. She like nothing got past her. Like th- there were balls smoked right at her. There were balls that dribbled up to her. It didn't matter. She, she ate it all up. The problem was I think she was unsure about what to do with the ball when she got it. So when Grayson's getting to first, like the girl still has the ball in her hand. One of their defensive coaches is getting excited and coming out and yelling at her, run it to second, run the ball to second. The problem is he's young is right over Grayson. So Grayson just turns the corners running to second. I was like, "No, no, no, no. <laughs> because then she figures out, Oh, now it's a race. So they raced a second. Grayson is safe like a step. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I can't. Did he slide? No, no, no. Because they're they're not coordinated enough to slide. But like, he got there just before. Um, And I was like, I can't blame Grayson for running to second. Because like, that's what he heard. And the first base coach is behind him. Like, that's where he would have expected to hear his direction.
2: He heard something second, something second. Why why wouldn't he go ahead and keep going? Okay, so...
1: Grayson hits that, I mean, it's technically a single, but it's, he ended up on second and drove a run in. Um, Then the batter behind Grayson comes up, um, hits like this really weak ground ball, but with the way that they had played defense on it, they were more concerned about letting Grayson score cause he would have been the tying run. So they held Grayson up at third, but this batter got to second. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Here we go. We got, we got our, our tying run at third, our go ahead run in scoring position. No outs. Like we're, we're just humming along. Um, but then I'm like, our two weakest batters are next. I was like, okay, but we only, we have zero outs. They both strike out expected that to happen so okay okay here we are two outs two outs our tying runs on third go ahead runs on second our lead off batter comes up this is the dude that smoked a home run his first at bat of the game i was like i'm feeling pretty good here but here's the thing so was he <laughs> his first two swings i swore like he was trying to blast this thing to the moon like he swung out of his shoes almost literally <laughs> wasn't even close to hitting the ball so like two outs, two strikes, and and our pitching coach is like, dude, calm down. He sees what one pitch come by because in, in this league you get five pitches or three swings. Um, that pitch he doesn't like. I was like, okay, <laughs> that was his fourth pitch or third pitch or whatever. It's like, okay, here's his fourth. Um, then he fouls one off. I was like, okay. He swung, <gasps> made enough contacts, Like, Hey, last pitch, two strikes. And then he smokes this screaming line drive over everybody. So like, everybody, like, oh, look, there goes the ball. Um, and it, it would have been a double. had like, we had an actual outfield, like if they were playing outfield depth, whatever. Um, but you better believe the, the, when I saw that ball come off the bat, I, 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 I can't touch Grayson. But I was like, go. <laughs> Basically pushed him. And I sent the runner from second. So he, he technically was the winning run. Um, and the game technically would have ended nine to eight, but the defense was still trying to get the ball. And I was like, just go, just go, dude. <laughs> so I sent the it runner home. Gave him a home run. And he yeah. scored two. So we ended up winning eight to ten. So our our first two wins of the season were were back-to-back walk-offs. Um same kid. Was it the same no. kid that did the walk off both times? No. <laughs> okay. Um, but so going into Saturday, we, we were missing several of our, our, our kids cause they were, they, we have 12 kids on the team. We played with nine on Saturday. We were missing our legit number one player. Um, which also meant that, like we had to shift around who was playing where We had kids playing new positions. We're missing our best batter, our best defender, I was like, oh, man, but we sounds we, sounds we got it. like a pretty good coaching job there, coach. We got it done, um, and we got it done on offense too. Let me just put that just jab point in. that
2: out. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's a very big point to make in this league is offense is going to win you the games more than defense is. <laughs> so, because even even if you've got you know that like you mentioned that girl at third base who was just grabbing everything. If she can't make the throw to first, which what kid that age can, then yeah,
1: let's focus on batting practice a little bit more and, for a while, guys. <laughs> and you almost want them to try it to you like, yeah, I'll hit it to third or shortstop. <laughs> try to make that throw. Cause when you let's don't turn this into a triple. Because when turn you this don't do a triple yeah, right now. <laughs> my runner's gonna be on second or third. And if you make another bad throw, that's a run which is unfortunate because that's what happened to us. Like legit. Oh sure. We gave, had, Yeah. We gave up a home run to one of their weakest batters because of that same Like we had three throwing errors on a play. I was like, Oh my gosh, kill me now. <laughs> so we had practice tonight. We're going to practice again Thursday, which is the first thing we've had back to back practices since we started games. Um, and then we play again on Saturday versus another team that, so in terms of like difficulty, We play the Pirates than the Yankees. Marlins should be better than the Yankees. Mm. But if we get our kids there and if we can get the bats going, we can keep them going. I like our chances. It's a lot of
2: practices, back to back practices. That's going to help. Kids are going to remember stuff, not having (laughs) to, you know, wait four days between practices
1: or something or have like just back to back games with no practices. Yeah. Yeah. Which was what I was worried about, especially with when the we had skeleton to, crew, we had to replace all those kids. Like we didn't have any, any time to practice this, but here we are. <laughs> we walked it off twice.
2: Gosh. Well, okay. I learned mine will be quick because it is definitely not as exciting as having to walk offs in your, in your coaching league with your son having a double going two for three on a day. Anyway, that's really exciting. Uh, you didn't happen to pr- plant Brussels sprouts in your garden, did you? No, we did not. Do you like Brussels sprouts? No. Okay, maybe I can change your mind. Oh. Probably not. Uh, I I think I've talked about them before, but the recent sort of renaissance, I guess I would say, of Brussels sprouts, and not just Brussels sprouts, but vegetables in general, and I think you and I have definitely talked about this, about how roasting vegetables has just changed the game completely, as opposed to always steaming them or always cooking them for nine hours with bacon grease and whatnot. So, roasting vegetables is a, has been a huge game changer. I never ate Brussels sprouts as a kid. I never had an opinion on it just because my family never made them. But then, once they started roasting them, I got really into it and I really like them. And I tried a new thing this weekend at mom's when I went over there and I cooked on her grill for Easter. It was kind of funny. She bought Brussels sprouts, which I don't think I've known this woman to cook Brussels sprouts, but maybe once or twice in my 37 years. So she bought them and was like, Hey, why don't you put these on the grill? And I'm like, okay. And I've done it once before, but the time I did it before they got kind of dry and I, I figured out what it was. I read more online this time. And basically it's kind of like if you're going to grill potatoes or something, you need to, steam them, you need to cook them a little bit before you need to parboil them or something. And so my tip is this, what I learned is you get your mess of Brussels sprouts, you put it in a microwave safe bowl with, I don't know, two or three tablespoons of water, throw it in the microwave for three minutes, let them cook just enough to where it kind of soft starts to soften them. And then all we did was season them with, um, mom had some Greek seasoning at the house that I threw on there some lemon juice and some olive oil Threw them on the grill turned out great. And then we dabbed them with some more olive oil. Nope. Some more lemon juice when they came off the grill. Mm. That's, that is what I learned is the good way to make Brussels sprouts is to steam them first. So they'll cook
1: faster and they won't dry out. I think I've tried them. I just haven't found one that I really like. So I may have to give that a try. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to, to all the, the garden adventures this spring and summer you got to roast you some tomatilla salsa my friend yeah i've tried they're they're purple though so i'll have to see how that works out oh i like that yeah man so that'll do it for us in the 23 personnel podcast for michael i'm spencer we'll catch you next time